Welcome to the One Church Podcast. In this podcast, our prayer is that you'll encounter content that will instill hope, fortify your faith, offer practical real-life insights, spread the love of Jesus, and inspire you to fulfill your unique purpose. Now join us as we listen to this week's message. John chapter 1. If you have it, say amen. As you stay standing on your feet for the reading of the word, we're going to read a few portions. It's going to be basically from verses 1 through 10. This context is, but I'm going to read verse 1, 7, 9, and 10. Ready? 1, 7. Now get your Bibles out. If you have your Bibles, get it out. You didn't bring it here just to carry it. Get your Bibles out. 1, 7, 9, and 10. It says like this, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. Then Jesus said to them, verse 7, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Who's the door? Who's the door? And he says in verse 9, I am the door again. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Amen. And he will go in and out and find pasture. Verse 10, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Amen and amen. May the Lord bless the word. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Praise God. Has anyone ever taken a flight? You've been on a plane? And you know when you get in that plane, when you're about to take off, or as you're getting settled in, the flight attendants come across the, uh, across the PA system and say uh, all the instructions and all the things you need to be aware of. But then before you can, they can take off or even move or do anything, uh, they ask you to do one thing. What is that? Fasten your fasten your seatbelt. So I want to ask you guys to find the seatbelts to your chairs. Go ahead, look, look at the chair. You guys are looking, you don't have any, right? But imagine, look, look, imagine there is one. Take your hands and imagine, close your eyes. Close your eyes, close your eyes. If you've never been on a plane, imagine this. Close your eyes, you're sitting on a seat like this, it's not as comfortable. And you take those seatbelts and you put it and you hear that click. You hear the click? Click, good. And now you tighten it. Some of you, you don't have to tighten it, right? Tighten it, right? And hold on. We're going on a journey and a flight today, and I promise you the takeoff may be smooth, but there will be some turbulent patches in the next 35 to 40 minutes. So you got, you're in your seat belts? You're in your seats? So no one's standing up in the next 40 minutes, right? Good. No one's leaving, right, in the next 40 minutes? Hold on through the turbulent times. If it gets a little bumpy and scary, hold on to the loved one you're sitting next to. If they're not your loved one, don't hold on to them. Okay? You guys good? You fastened in? So when I grew up in the church, this church used to be in Brooklyn. When we were kids, uh, we had a very different type of church and a very different type of service. And we were kids at that time. And there was, you know, uh, uh, an elderly man in that church. Not, he was not part of the church. He had family in the church. And he would visit from India and he would come to that church uh, at, at periodic times. And there was, anyone remember testimony time in church? If you used to go to church, testimony time. And there would be testimony time, right? Some of you that used to live there. Sorry, be there at that point. You're looking at me starting, that grin is already starting to come out. There was a what we call the grandfather in our language, Apachin. There was an elderly man, and he was standing up for testimony, and he was standing in his native language, and he start, and we're just little kids. We're little kids, okay? Like Kayla's age or that elementary, and we're just, we have to pay attention, otherwise we'll get beat in church and after church. Not like these days, right? And we paid attention, and we're listening. 
And he's talking. We don't understand most of it because he's talking fast. And then suddenly he switches to English, we think. And then he gets into like this. Listen, forgive me, but yeah. He goes and he's like, and he gets, he gets in and he's like, no, 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 no. You have to go, devil power all the way. What did I say? What did you say? What did you hear me say? So I grew up every time he said that. Yeah, it's okay, smile. Whoever's not smiling, smile. He would say, do do a bow away. I was like, uh, I'm in church, little guy, kid in church. I'm like, is this person saying devil power all the way? In his broken English? And I grew up with that. I'm like, look, oh my God, devil power in church all the way? That's how I grew up thinking. And then recently, people grew up with me in that church. They think something. We still have a little debate going on. What he said, was it devil power all the way? Or was he declaring in that power when the Holy Spirit came upon him? He said double power all the way. Did you guys hear me say double power or devil power? Someone said double power. Someone said devil power. You see the issue? So I grew up thinking, God, how can there be devil power in the church? There should be double power in the church, right? But now I realize there is what? There is double power and there is devil power in the church. Ooh, stay seated. Don't get up. So there is devil power and there is double power. And I don't know if it's double of what, but double, at least I'm going to cite what Elisha said, give me the double anointing that is upon Elijah. At least I could fall on that scripture, right? But more than double, triple, quadruple power, we need the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. At whatever uh, decibel, multiple quantity, we need it at the fullness of it in all of our lives. In this day, inside the church and outside the church. So let me just share this quickly. Who, who locked your doors when you left your house today? Who locked your doors when you parked your cars in Elmont today? Who locked your doors when you parked your car anywhere? Who left your doors or windows open at home? No one, right? When I go to bed at night, I'm usually I'm the last one. I go to all the entrances that could have be out to the outside. I check it. Even if we know we did it, we check what? We double check it and triple check it, right? I want us to really examine all the entries and the access points that we have in our life and to see is everything locked and secured so that the enemy does not have access into our lives. Don't lock the devil inside. Get him out and then lock the door on him and never let him back in and tell him access denied. Amen? That's the message title for today, Access Denied. Today, it's a note-taking, it's a chain-breaking Sunday. The New Testament, first, I want to share with you, access gives whoever has access into that place control of that place, right? Access gives the devil control. And we're thinking, man, where do we see this in the scripture? Actually, the New Testament and the Gospels... Jesus' ministry, a bulk of his ministry, was not just healing, saving, serving, but it was really bringing freedom and deliverance to people bound by the enemy and bound and filled with demons. The New Testament gives clear picture of the activity of Satan and all his little minions. Anyone know minions? Minions. 
No one? Minions? Oh, I thought I'd get a look. In the New Testament, Satan's agents, Satan and his agents are, but I think, at the same time, I think we need to be aware of some language. We need to know what we're saying and what we're reading and understanding. The word devil or the name devil in the original language is called, is uh, titled diabolos. What is it? Diabolos. Diabolical. You heard that word? Diabolos. The word demon in the original language is called daemon. D-A-I-M-O-N. Daemon. 60 times in the Gospels, in Acts and Revelations. How many times? 60 times you see demons being cited. There's another word or phrase that the Bible uses for dominions or the agents of the devil. There's demons. Second is unclean spirit. 20 times in Luke, Acts, and Revelation. And then evil spirit, six times in Luke's, Luke and Acts. There is one devil but many demons and many spirits, lowercase spirits, that the devil releases unto this world and uses against our lives. The question is, can a Christian be demon-possessed? Can a Christian be demon-possessed? Looking at the language, demonai zomai. Demonai. Someone say, demonai zomai. Demonai, zomai. Wait, you look not funny. Demonai, zomai. You're not gonna remember it, right? Demonai, zomai. Demonai means demon. Zomai means to possess. But when we think about possession, we immediately think about what? It's my possession. It's my ownership. I have ownership in that. But in this instance, in the original Greek language, it is not talking about possession. It's talking about another meaning where it says it has mastery, control, and power over. So when it says demon possessed, when we read it, it's really not possession and ownership. It is the devil or the demon has mastery over us, control over us, and power over us. So can a Christian be demon possessed? The answer is no, because a Christian's soul is possessed by the almighty God. Praise God for that ownership. But can a Christian come under the power, the mastery, and the control of the devil and the demon? Yes. More than demon-possessed, I want to ask us to change our language that we could be or anyone can be demonized. Where you're under the power of a demon, where the demon rides you and commands you like you ride a horse and tell it where to go, he will do that to us. Let me move on. How demons gain access and I want to really dwell in here. This is where the turbulence can go. Now we've gone past 20,000 feet, 30,000 feet. And now there's clouds are starting to come in like a rainy day like this. Now it's going to get a little turbulent, okay? You guys ready? Your seatbelt's still fastened? The lights didn't go off, okay? There's no food service now. There's nothing happening now. All the flight attendants, everything. Host team, everyone's sitting. Correct? Yes. Last week we looked at strongholds. The repeated nature of us falling into certain things. I sent out a survey earlier this, at, towards the end of this week. A good portion, about 20 or so people responded. And from those 20 or so people, 80% said fear, rejection, and abuse. 80%, 8 out of 10 people said they have a stronghold. They believe of fear, rejection, and abuse. 70%, 7 out of 10 people said they have a stronghold of self-hatred. 60% depression. And 30% said anger. 
See, strongholds are just one blockage in our freedom. The second is something called legal rights. What is it? Legal rights. If you have property, let's say real estate, somebody could put a, a lien on your property. Let's say someone did work on your house and you didn't pay them, and they can put a lien saying, you owe me money. I'm putting a lien on your property so that if you ever try to do anything with that property, you can't do it without my permission or without me being released from this lien. When we went through that process here with the church, we made the contractor sign a release, a lien release. Every time we made a payment, he had to sign a document saying he received the payment, but there was a lien release that he could never say that we never paid him and that he could never come back and say he can put a lien on our property. So this place has no liens on it, and if we ever wanted to do something with it, we could do it without any fear or hesitation saying someone has a legal right on this property that is outside of this church. Understand? You guys making sense? So the devil can have a lien on our life because of the access and the control we allow it to have in our lives. What are those legal rights? I want us to have a lien, a release of liens today over our hearts and our lives. I want to give you a list. This is going to be a real list. And if you want to take note of it, you can. If you want to go back and watch it, you can as well. The first legal right that we give the enemy opportunity to enter and harass us and to remain in us. Because strongholds and breaking strongholds is one thing, but it's not complete freedom until we release the lean on our spiritual lives. Because we can have the stronghold broken, but the enemy can still have a legal right and he can still have access to come back in. There's no point in destroying strongholds if the door's still open. Correct? So we need to close the door. Access denied. First one is this. Direct willful sin. When we commit sin knowingly and keep doing it, we are leaving the front door open to our spiritual souls for the enemy to come in and ruin us. How many of you leave your front door or any door open to your house for a long time? I get yelled at even if I stand there for a second just to breathe the fresh air. My wife says, don't let the lizards come in. So I got to get out and close the door quickly, right? You don't leave your front doors open too long. Even if you open your windows, what do you have on them? Screens? (laughs) Talk about protection. Front doors... Lead to what? If you come in through the front door, it gives me now access to other doors. Play the analogy out of your own home. I come in through my front door, I can go to many different places in my house. So if you allow the enemy in through your front door, now he can have access to any room in your house. He can come into your living room. I'm talking spiritually now, not just physically. He can come into your bedroom. He can come into your bathroom, into your basement, into your closets, into the open areas that everyone sees and you allow for hospitality or into the private areas where the most intimate acts happen. The enemy can come in. But you see in the Bible, Saul was Saul. King Saul was vexed by demons. Because he repeated in willful sin. But David also committed sin. But you don't see in the Bible that he was vexed by demons. What's the difference? David immediately confessed, repented, and turned his life around. If you confess, repent, and turn your life around, you won't have to deal with the demonic attacks of the enemy in your life and your generations. 
1 John 1, 9 says, tell us to confess our sins. If we don't confess our sins and we hide them from God, it's not like that he, you're hiding it. He knows it already. It leaves that sin remaining in our lives. We need to confess our sins. Number two, gener- what was the first one? Direct willful sins. Number two, generational curses. Generational curses. Basically, it's coming through the bloodlines. You may not even know it. So let me just, uh, you know, calm down the turbulent feelings right now. You may not be guilty for it. But now when you're aware of it, you have the responsibility and opportunity to uh, confess it, repent of it, and get free from it. You see, if someone in the family ever did witchcraft, believed in false religions, the occult practices, even abuse and addictions, and they never repented and broke that off the family, then those demonic strongholds and spirits will continue to be passed on through their lineage. If you really examine your families and you wonder why is everyone in my family dealing with this similar issue? Why does everyone have to deal with this similar thing, whether it be family members in any generation, any line, any branch? You have to examine, is there a generational curse there? Because it's in Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 to 5, it says, do not worship any other idol. But it goes on to say the entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generation of those who reject God. So this, you may feel like, hey, I'm enjoying something in the temporary for myself. But let me promise you something. You are affecting your generations that you don't even see right now. So you may not be guilty of it. But you have the opportunity when you are aware of it to repent and renounce it and break it off on their behalf and for your life and your future. Number two was what? Come on, generational? It's getting turbulent. Is it turbulent? Hold on. Number three, negative prenatal and childhood influences. If the child in the womb is a child that gets the, the, I don't want to say feeling, but because of your mindset and attitude when you got pregnant, and you saw this child as a burden and unwanted pregnancy, that will start to spread some demonic influences into that child. Is this helping anyone? It opened doors for the spirit of rejection to affect that child throughout their life. And sometimes as they grow up, it will manifest through rebellion as the child grows up. Not all the time, but sometimes. They did a study of a group of people uh, in the mid-1900s. Mid and there was a specific age. And they all felt, uh, they, when they studied them, they said that uh, all of them, there was a commonality among all of them. They all had a sense or a spirit of rejection that they were fighting and struggling with. And when they looked at the commonality and they studied the group, they realized that all those people were born during the Great Depression. And during the Great Depression, they were having children, but in a time when they could not afford to have children, when they could not even put food on the table for the existing family, then another baby came along, whether it's the 8th, the 3rd, the 15th, and they're like, oh my God, we can't handle this anymore. And that even mindset can get transferred. Today, in a generation where we're trying to figure out, can we afford to have kids? Listen, there's a time and place when there's enough is enough, okay? By the way, just saying, enough is enough. But I want to speak to a generation now 
Children, families are a gift from the Lord. They are not burdens and they are not detriments to the fulfillment of your life on this earth. Don't push off family. Don't push off marriage. Don't push off having children because you want to enjoy life. I can enjoy life with my wife. I can enjoy life with my kids. I can enjoy it. Will it be hard? Yes. Will it be enjoyable? Yes. Will it be fulfilling? I promise you it will be. Number three was negative prenatal childhood influences. Number four, curses. Let me simply say, watch your words. Watch your words. The words we say and utter from our mouths have spiritual value. The Bible says to bless and not to curse. And that the tongue has the power to bring life and death. So speak life. So watch your words. Don't ever walk around saying, I wish, I, I wish this or I wish that. Or even joking, now I get it. Where my parents said, don't even use the word dumb. Now I get it. Don't even call your friends dumb. Because dumb is not just the uh, being what we think. It is actually being deaf and mute. Now I get it. So be careful of the even silly words that you say to yourself. And here's another thing. Don't talk yourself into a point that you are beating yourself down. You're speaking death over yourself. Watch your words. Speak life over yourself. Speak life over your family. Speak life over your spouse, your children, your friends, your church. Speak life. Amen? Amen. Number five, abuse. This is an extensive list. Abuse. And we saw that 80% had a stronghold of abuse. Abuse causes deep inner wounds that give way for demons. Whether it's physical, verbal, emotional, sexual abuse, it allows for a way for the demons to come and torment the individual. And when abuse happens, it automatically opens a door for the stronghold of the enemy or the attack of the enemy, which leads to number six, trauma. The trauma that comes from abuse, the trauma that comes from an incident that happened in your life, whether it's getting bit by a dog on your rear end while you're playing football, that was very traumatic for, you know, so-called pastor today. But thank God I was able to get released from that trauma, and now I could even sit down with a dog in a living room and pet it. What? That's traumatic for me. I would walk home from school some days in Elmont, and I saw a dog walking on loose. I, I was like, oh, God, I got to find a car to jump on top of. It happened, really. It did. Or find another way to come home because I saw a dog in the distance walking loose. But now I can sit in one of our own family's home and play with the little dog in their living room. That's just as simple as maybe silly for you, but what happens when it's deeper and heavier? When it's someone that you thought never would abuse you and violate you, they did it. Number six was trauma. Number seven is leads to unforgiveness. When we don't forgive others, God will not forgive us. Amen? Uh, Pastor C didn't say that. The word said that. Forgive others. When God doesn't forgive us, it leaves our sins remaining. Forgiveness is not, op- is not an option. Someone say, it's not an option. And say, it's not easy. But say this, it's necessary for healing and freedom. Number eight, the occult. 
the occult. I'm going in. It's going to get turbulent. Fasten your seatbelts. You see, everyone has a deep sensing and a longing for connecting with the higher power. Everyone. God placed that longing inside every human being. And he desired for that longing to connect with him. Correct? That longing inside of us was for him and us to connect. But somehow the enemy has gotten the way, tricked us and deceived us, and put alternative paths to connect with higher powers. Not being God Almighty. Even the word occult in the original language, when you break it down, it is basically using the words concealed or cover up. So the occult is concealed cover up methods to get you to connect with a higher power, not God Almighty, but with the darker world, the kingdom of darkness and Satan himself. The occult is broken into two main branches. How many? How many? Okay, one is divination. Say divination. And second is sorcery. Divination predicts future events. Has anyone heard of psychics? Fortune telling, tarot cards, spiritualists, Ouija boards, horoscopes, astrology, all those predict future events. That's divination. That's the occult. That's from the kingdom of darkness. Clear as day. Number two, sorcery. Impacts your physical senses. One predicted the future. Sorcery impacts your physical senses. Drugs, potions, charms, amulets, magic, spells, incantations, forms of music, and spirits. Parentheses, alcohol. You know, I wondered why, you know, kids bring home things from friends and so on and so forth. Say, why? Like, do you know where it came from? What is this? And we tell them to just get rid of it if it's not necessary. Charms, amulets, spells. You'll hear a testimony. I heard one this week of somebody from our church in their workplace. They were talking with a, a coworker, ended up becoming ministering to a coworker, and they actually received a ring from a, a patient and basically told, uh, the, the co-worker to do something specific and I'll let them share the testimony but I promise you right now there are things that people will give you that is not of good nature and that has things been put on it and it will affect your life and you have no idea until you pay the consequences and you wonder where did this start where did this come from I promise you everything you get in your hand anything that you get in your hand things you buy on vacations things you bring home things people give you pray over it Make sure it's necessary and it's cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. If you don't need it, get rid of it. Then he, I, I said the last spirits, and uh, I'm going to sit here for a moment. Alcohol. I wondered growing up, why did alcohol have the other name of spirits? Once again, I'm thinking devil power? Double power? What power? And I saw that growing up, and then I did some studying. The idea of alcohol was it brought up in the times around 4000 BC. Some even claimed that the word alcohol had origins in the Middle East. And the term consisted of praise, al-gol, that comes from the Arabic. I'm going somewhere with this. 
And the link from alcohol to spirits is straightforward because alcohol or the Arabic form of means spirit in Arabic. But then here's the greater thing that really sealed the deal for me. And I hope it seals the deal for everyone. And I'm going to speak to anyone and everyone. And I'm not going to apologize for this. That even in a generation where we're growing and starting to see casual and social drinking. Casually and socially, you're inviting the enemy and the demons to come into your life and take control of your life. Don't applause. Don't say anything. It is referenced in the Quran, not in the Bible. It is referenced in the Quran. Which uses that same phrase, alcohol, to, alcohol, to describe a demon that produces a sense of intoxication. So engaging with the occult, you are choosing to blatantly engage with the demonic. Be careful. Be smart. Be aware. Even though our culture... And even the church has started to accept certain practices. The scriptures and the teachings are showing us everything is not beneficial. Even though some things may be permissible, everything is not beneficial for a child of God. Now you can say amen. Number nine, false religion. Let me show you some characteristics of a false religion. There is a plurality of gods. Any religion that has the plurality of gods... Hundreds, thousands, plurality of gods. Put any religion there. It is a false religion. That's based on 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5 through 6. Exodus chapter 20, like we cited before, verse 3 to 5. If there is idol worship, any religion that calls on an idol, tells you to call on an idol, pray to an idol, it is a false religion. Next, teaching human beings can ultimately become gods. It is a false religion. Because Genesis 3.5, devil tricked the people, the creator, creation, you will be like God. Genesis 3.5, the devil is telling Adam and Eve, you will be like God if you do this. So any religion says you can become like God or be God, it is a false religion. I'm teaching you today. Teaching that people can achieve righteousness by their own efforts, it is a false religion because Jesus Christ is our only righteousness. These false deities are not false, just false deities. They're really demonic entities. Number 10, cursed objects. The spiritual world is real and, and the spiritual power can flow through people, places, animals, and objects. Listen, even in the Bible, God used objects. God used Moses' rod, the waters of Jordan to heal, the saliva of Jesus to open the eyes of the blind, and even the handkerchief of Paul to bring healing and deliverance to people. So God can use objects. But I know because the devil is a fraud and he's a copycat, he's also going to do something to deceive us, to say, hey, I could also do it, but he's going to cover it up with good things and then bring in the bad underneath it and behind the back door. Or through the back door, sorry. So examples are idols, occult books, rings, jewelry, Movies, charms, dream catchers. Be careful what you bring into your life, what you put on your body, and what you put inside your body. Because you're not just doing that. You're bringing the world of the darkness into your sphere and into your world. So be careful. I want to encourage you based on Isaiah chapter 2 verse 18. It says, and the idols he shall utterly abolish. Any idols, burn it, get rid of it, discard it. Remove it from your life. Pray 
and dedicate your body, your family, your homes. You know, back in the day, people would have everyone in the church get a car. You know, can the pastor come and pray? Bless and pray over the car. Dedicate the car. You get a home or a place to live. Pastor, come over and pray and bless and dedicate this home. You get any blessing, you just pray. You don't have that pastor come. Just You just pray, bless and dedicate. Folks, whatever God blesses you with, whatever the Lord gives to you, Pray and dedicate it to the Lord. Cleanse it with the blood of Jesus and dedicate it and give it into the hands of God. Don't take any blessing lightly. If it is from God, dedicate it back to the Lord. Number 11, ungodly entertainment. Stay, keep your fa- uh, seatbelts fastened. Filling our time and our life with ungodly sources of entertainment. They could lead the way to an open door. We have doors. You know what those doors are called? <laughs> Instagram. They're called Facebook for the older people. They're called Netflix. They're called WhatsApp. Forward, forward, forward. They're called video games, Call of Duty, anything with shootings and killings. Ah, I'm coming after all. Be careful. Movies, music, yeah, everything. Even the kid stuff is not really good stuff. Oh, that was good, right? Even the kid stuff is really not good stuff. These are all portals that Satan can use to influence the minds of people. Watch what you watch. Watch what you listen to. Its influence can become stronger in your life. I'm not done. We've got a few more minutes, and I can't wait. Number 12, ungodly soul ties. I'm sharing these things not to bring judge. This is not a judgmental thing. This is an awareness thing so that now I will share there's a way to freedom and healing and victory over these things. Don't feel defeated because you're struggling with any of this. Know there is hope for freedom in Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ungodly soul ties. Make it clear. So this today is a, it's going to be a very clear uh, message if it was not already. Relationships create connection and soul ties in emotional, physical, and spiritual realms. Sexual and non-sexual relationships. Relationships outside of what God has called marriage, it is going to bring about a soul tie that you are not going to want to deal with. Have you heard the phrase tie the knot? Tie the knot? They tied the knot. A husband and wife tied the knot. That means there is a soul tie between the husband and wife. And how hard is it to get that knot out? Depends on how good the knot is, right? And guess what? Every relationship, sexual and non-sexual, even the ones that you're flirting with at work and at school, hey, you didn't do anything, but you thought something. Even you didn't do anything, but you said something. You typed something. You chatted something. Even those ones, be careful. Those are building soul ties. It may not be very tight, but the tie is going to get tight if you keep going down that road. Sex is not just a physical act because it is spiritual in nature. It affects the soul, the mind, and the emotions. According to scripture, when you have intimate relationship with your spouse, you become one flesh. Amen? With who who they come together with. Listen, listen, listen. Sex is an act an instrument that the Lord has given to his children. Keep it in the confines of marriage. Not before marriage, which is fornication, and not outside of marriage, which is adultery. Keep it in the confines of marriage. 
Because that's where the Lord will protect you. Outside of it, you are open to the enemy. And I want to say it plainly. So I don't know if you want to take notes on this or not. But if there's anyone involved in any relationships, stop it in Jesus' name for yourself and for your future. Because let me put it like this. Lord, condoms will not protect you from demons. Contraceptives will not protect you from demons to protect yourself. Any physical object that was given to you from an illegitimate relationship, identify it, get rid of it. Even those little greeting cards, get rid of it. Even those little gifts, get rid of it. Amen? That's how the demons get in. But now can I share with you the hope that we have that we could deny access to the devil? Number one is this confessing. Confessing is admitting, but it's not enough. Repenting is turning. But sometimes we turn and then somehow we're drawn back to that same sin, the stronghold. And then we say, but now there has to be another thing that we need to do, renouncing. Someone say renounce. We don't know what that word is. We have not heard that word said often in church, but we need to renounce. We need to disown. We need to break the claim. We need to break those things that the enemy has legal rights over. Amen? And I want to just share an example on that last example that we had of soul ties. I saw it here. I had it here. I was... This is my soul. This is their soul. When you come into any type of relationship, you become, you become, the two shall become, their soul, my soul, one. And eventually, my soul, their soul, I can't, I can't separate it. I can, but it's going to take work. Right? It's like these two pieces of paper that have been glued. And when you try to separate these two, when you try to separate the soul ties that you've made, what happens? My soul and my life is damaged. I'm never the same again. As pure as I was before I got into anything, I'm never the same again. It's going to take work to put this paper back together. But it's a little bit of you is with a little bit of them. And a little bit of them is with a little bit of you. And you are tracking and walking around with anything. And not just soul ties, but anything you have connected with, you have a little trace of that in your life. And we need to break that off. And not just confessing is enough. Not repenting is enough. We have to renounce it and say, guess what? You know what? You know what? Where did that paper go? Every legal right that the enemy has on me, Every lien that the enemy has set over me, I'm confessing it. I'm repenting of it. But now I'm going to tear every legal right that he has over me. And I'm breaking that legal right. And now I can say, no, hold on me, devil. Get out of my life. Get out of my mind. And he's got no right to come back in. When you get him out, you keep him out. And say, access denied. Spirit of the living God. 
That's why in John chapter 10, it says, verse 9, it says, uh, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and go out and find pasture. Listen, you can go in and out and find pasture in life through Jesus Christ. You're not stuck inside alone with Jesus. You can live life to the fullest with Jesus. And don't think this life is boring. This life is not as too much. No, with God, your life is fulfilled and your life is adventurous. Your life is faith-filled. Your life is exciting in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. But you got to grant ownership to Jesus Christ. You got to make him your Lord. You've ever drove down the highway and seen those motel signs long time ago? It'd be vacancy or no vacancy. You got to tell the devil there is no vacancy here. Because when you get the devil out, there's an empty space in your life now. And that empty, unoccupied space, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 12, verse 43, when an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert seeking rest but finding none. Verse 44, then it says... I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds its former. Oh, you kick the devil out and you're still empty. That devil's going to come back and find something there. Former home empty, swept and in order. Then the spirit finds how many more? Man, you kicked one out, but seven came back. More evil than itself. Then they all enter the person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before. That will be the experience of this evil generation. You know why? Because you kicked the devil out. You put things in order. You swept up the place. You cleaned up the residue. You took away everything that they were and had and you were connected to. But guess what? If you don't fill that empty place with something that is of God and of Jesus Christ himself, if you don't fill your life with Jesus, your life is empty and the enemy will come back with greater force, greater power, and even more power to invade your life and take control of you. Make Jesus your Lord. Make Jesus your Lord. What will you fill that empty space with? Make Jesus your Lord. And let, the, Jesus, let me tell you, Jesus can handle the enemy. We cannot. If you got Jesus in your life, He's giving you the power to take victory over the enemy. And he can say, I am the door. Here it is. I am the door and you have no way to come in through me. That's why earlier in that chapter it says, he will, the devil will not come in through the door because he knows Jesus is the door and Jesus cannot take, the devil cannot take victory over Jesus. So he comes in through the other sides of the sheepfold. Did you hear that? Read that earlier. He comes in through the side doors. He comes in through the sideways. And you got to realize the devil cannot come in through the front door because he, that devil would be defeated by Jesus Christ. So let Jesus be the door to your life. So I want to ask you in this moment. Where has the de- devil gained access in our life? With all eyes closed in this place. I pray that this word and this teaching will remind us, bring awareness to us that the devil is a trickster. The devil is a liar. He's a deceiver. But Jesus is your savior. He's your redeemer. He's your deliverer. Would you call on the name of Jesus? And whatever the Holy Spirit, wherever you felt turbulence. In James chapter 4 verse 7 it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Make Jesus the Lord of your life. 
Come on, all over this house. Where has, what door has been left open? Where do you need to tell the devil access denied in Jesus' name? Where do you need to confess? What do you need to confess? Come on, even if not for you, for your generations, what do you need to confess? What do you need to confess for yourself, for somebody else? What do you need to repent of? What do you need to renounce? What do you need to tear up the legal right? What do you need to cast out in Jesus' name? Thank you for joining us this week on the One Church Podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message and would take a moment to share it with others. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Spotify at One Church LI, or you can find more information on our website, onechurchonline.com. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus and accept him as your Lord and Savior, please contact us at info at onechurchonline.com. Here at One Church, our vision is to see Jesus. We exist to reach the one with the love of Jesus and for all to live like Jesus. We want to see Jesus in each other and we pray and believe that there is more for you.